We want to underscore again that we're coming to Chicago peacefully, but whether we're given permits or not, we're coming. We're going to Chicago to protest the Vietnam War. And there's no place to be right now but in it. We watched for a decade while these rebels without a job tell us how to prosecute a war. They're going to spend their 30s in a federal facility, real time. Hey there, movie fans. I know it's been a little while, but, uh, you know, the coronavirus has caused things to be somewhat delayed and unusual and strange. But we are back. It is Jason and Josh here to talk about the movies once again, to fight about the movies. Josh, how you been doing, man? I've been hanging in there as well as I can. I guess the same as everybody else. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Same with me. Um, he is, of course, Josh Sewell. I am Jason Evans, both members of the Atlanta Film Critics Circle and the Southeastern Film Critics Association. And we are here to chat about a new film that is um, coming to theaters, but probably you're going to end up seeing it on Netflix. Um, it is called The Trial of the Chicago 7. Folks, if you have not um, if you're not familiar with your history, this is about a very important moment in U.S. history in 1968 at the Democratic National Convention when some anti-Vietnam War protesters were uh, involved in some riots, some clashes with police. And the U.S. government decides to um, go after several of the protest leaders on, on a number of interesting charges. And, it, and it's just it's one of the more interesting sort of legal cases and sort of civil disobedience um, moments in American history. Uh, a lot of people feel that what happened at the 1968 Democratic Convention uh, changed the course of the 1968 election, leading to Richard Nixon to resoundingly defeat Hubert Humphrey. We're not going to get into all that. We're here to talk about a movie, <laughs> not a political movement. Josh, uh, you know, I think you probably enjoyed this film as much as I did. Give me a little bit about it. You know, tell me, tell me what you thought and who's in it and all that other kind of jazz. Yeah, it's, I think you've summed up the, uh, the the basic premise pretty well. So the, the film itself, as the title indicates, doesn't really focus as much on the actual clashes as much as uh, the ramifications and the after effect. So this is the trial, and you're getting it from the perspective of both um, the new attorney general and the prosecutor that he hires to take it on, this young idealistic guy uh, played by Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who it's clear at, from the beginning has reservations of, about um, the way that this is headed. Um, and then you're also getting it from the perspective of uh, the protesters, the, the titular Chicago 7. And those guys are played by Eddie Redmayne, uh, Jeremy Strong from HBO Succession is another one. Uh, John Carroll Lynch, who is a phenomenal character actor that you've seen in a million different things. Um, you've got uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who just won an Emmy for uh, Watchmen, um, plays uh, Bobby Steele, one of the most uh, high-profile protesters. You you've haven't got mentioned, Mark Rylance. Go ahead, you, sorry. You, wait, you haven't mentioned the, the biggest of them, and I think I, would I think the best, for last. <laughs> you're saying, it's the best performance, I think. Go ahead. You think so? But yeah, then you've got uh, Mark Rylance, who is just doing incredible work as uh, one of the attorneys. And then, of course, the most uh, probably going to be the most talked about performance is Sasha Baron Cohen, who most people know as Borat, um, playing Abby Hoffman, who is just one of the most outspoken uh, stand-up comedians of the 60s, uh, one of the most vocal protesters, um, who really understands the importance of media attention and putting the spotlight on himself in order to uh, 
to point the cameras at what he sees as the true problem happening. He has no problem being like the uh, the shield for this negative attention if it gets people looking in the right direction. It's it's a fabulous. I mean, it's an incredible cast. You you, you didn't mention uh, we get a a, cam, a really nice cameo from Michael Keaton. Frank Langella yeah. plays plays the judge in the trial, Judge Julius Hoffman, who has become a legendary figure. Frank Langella is incredible um, in this really important. I mean, like to some extent, Judge Hoffman is the the driver of much of the story uh, as a result of the way he handles the trial. Um, you, you he really is, and it's. Yeah, it, it's a really, really brave performance, too, because he's not <laughs> – He, I'm going to put it mildly and say he is not a likable guy at all. But in, but the way he portrays this judge is like you hate him, but he's so fascinating that you can't help but be drawn in by just what the heck he's going to do next or whatever justification he's going to have for making the trial go the way it seems like he's already preordained it to go. Uh, and and the other person we should mention in connection with all this, perhaps the most important one, is that this film was written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. And this, to me, this is Aaron Sorkin's wheelhouse, <laughs> like nothing ever. Oh, I mean, absolutely, yeah. I was I mean, joking this, with you. I was like, turns out the guy who uh, did West Wing and A Few Good Men is really good with the words. You know? Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I was going to say, this, this feels like... You, you took West Wing and a few good men and slammed them together into into one story because it has a definite liberal bent the way the way the West Wing did and, and it has the courtroom drama of a few good men. Um, Aaron Sorkin, by the way, it's it's incredible to note. Aaron Sorkin wrote this script in two thousand seven. Um, he, he was he was talking to Steven Spielberg. Spielberg said he wanted to make a film about the nineteen sixty eight Democratic Convention and and the the riots and the trial that followed it. Um, and so Sorkin wrote this script for Spielberg, and it sort of kicked around for for more than a decade before uh, Spielberg, Spielberg was going to direct it, and then like Paul Greengrass was going to direct it, and then Ben Stiller was connected to it. All these different people were supposed to have different roles. Will Smith was at one point going to play Bobby Seale. Heath Ledger was going to play Tom Hayden. It's the role that Eddie Redmayne eventually ended up getting. I, I mean, it's just some incredible people have been attached to this because it's such an important moment in U.S. history. Um, but eventually they decided that Sorkin, after writing the script a, a decade and a half ago, that he would also direct it. And, and I, he does a, a fabulous, really wonderful job. I think you're going to see, especially the script, get a lot of award attention toward the end of the year. So the amazing thing about the casting, though, is that back in 2007, they decided they casted Sasha Baron Cohen to, 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 to play Abby Hoffman. So through all the changes, through the decade plus that they've been working on this film, the one thing that has stayed the same is Sasha Baron Cohen as Abby Hoffman. And you and I both say that was one of the best performances. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He's he's designed to be both this larger than life figure. And he's also there to be a lot of this sort of this tension breaking humor. And, and he's great at both. And, and I like that it's a, a performance from him that we haven't really seen before. He's he's doing something in you in this as well, which I enjoyed seeing. Hey, and Josh, you, you also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about Aaron Sorkin, right? I know that Netflix has been trying for several years now to really get taken seriously in the Oscar game. And I, I feel like they the closest they've gotten is with Roma. Like it won a couple of Oscars. It didn't take home the big prize. Irishman got totally shut out last year. Um, this feels like a movie that checks 
every box that Academy voters love. Like, I, I feel like some people are going to, you know, the, the more sort of cynical or artsy among viewers may have an issue with that. that but, you know, they make the same complaints about Spielberg, that it's a little too idealistic, a little too optimistic. Um, I think, you know, it, it, you, the fact that you said that this is kicking around for a decade or more, the fact that it is coming out now shows that the universe has a tremendous sense of humor. Like, it's, it could not be more <laughs> relevant today. Like, if th there are going to be so many people that say, like, oh, well, he did this as a dig at so-and-so, or the judge is clearly designed to be, like, insert politician's name here, when that's when he's pulling from actual court transcripts, when he's pull, you know, like you said, he wrote this a decade ago. So like any connections or parallels that the audience make are just baked into the actual story. Well, and that's that's why it's such an essential film for our time right now. We are seeing in this film the excess of governmental overreach of revenge tactics by people who are supposed to uphold the rule of law. I mean, I'm getting a little political here, but I, I don't know how you can't. Um, it's a very political movie, I think. Yeah, it, it, it is a very political movie. And, and I mean, look, let's be honest. If you're, if, if you're a red state kind of person, you, you may look at this and, and see too much of what you don't want to see, too much of the liberal media and that kind of thing. But if you're, if you are not, if you're someone who um, has been somewhat frustrated, perhaps, at, at some of what's gone on in America in recent years, you're going to see this, and I think you're going to see the power of people saying, no, it's enough. Right. I will not tolerate this any longer. And, and seeing that they did this in 1968, and it's still, you know, a lot of it is still necessary today, to me was unbelievably powerful. And we should, you know, also from a, from a technical standpoint, the sets, the scenery, uh, it's a really, they do a fabulous job of recreating you know, 1968 Chicago, not that it's, you know, that super difficult to do, but, but really it, it's a very, very well-made film. I, I love the, uh, there, there are times, especially when they're, when we're dealing with the riots and what happened on the streets of Chicago, where they mix in some historical footage with recreations of stuff. And it's very, very effective. You know, you get this feeling of, of, uh, you know, a documentary and a drama happening at the same time. I, I agree with everything you say about awards. Uh, you know, I know, I know we're only in mid-September now, and, and in theory, the, the awards films won't come out till November and December. I, I, I really doubt that, that folks who vote on awards will be able to forget about this film by the time we get to the other awards contenders that come out later this year, because it is such a powerful, powerful film. Yeah, and the only real question I have in that regard is, is there a chance that with the acting awards these guys cancel each other out. And I say guys because there are no, you know, and, and that's one, you know, it's history. Right, there are no they're women really, in it, yes. Yeah, there, there's, you know, there are women, but they're very sort of in minimal roles. These are, this is, yeah, basically 12 angry men for modern time, you know, but it, I'd like, I don't know, I don't know who you would call, there's no best actor. Like these are all, I don't think there's a true lead in this film. I think I mean, everybody it, is, literally supporting i mean if, if anybody it's probably eddie redmayne is tom hayden tom hayden's probably the lead character i think it feels like more of the film focuses on him than anyone else but but you're absolutely right i mean i, I i'll be shocked if sasha baron cohen isn't a strong contender for best supporting actor i think mark rylance you know who, who's been in the academy award conversation before 
Um, I, I think he'll be up yeah, there. Yeah, he beat Rocky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mark Rylance will probably be up there. And and I could see Frank Langella perhaps, you know, getting some notice. Although, because he's playing such a despicable character in Judge Hoffman, right. it's going to be harder for him than Mark Rylance, who's playing the, you know, incredibly heroic uh, lawyer, William Kunstler, who becomes, um, you know, one of the things is if you, the, the characters in this film, um, if you're someone who sort of paid attention to American history, there are a lot of names you're going to recognize. I mean, they, yeah, they, come they, up they pop up again later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, I, you know, and I think even Abdul Mateen has some a possibility of getting some really good buzz around his performance because he's not in it a lot, but the scenes that he's in are incredibly powerful. And, you know, he just, you know, he's fresh off that Emmy from uh, from Watchmen. So he's got awards buzz going around him already. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, look, the bottom line is we're both saying a, a emotional and essential film for our times, one that is really enjoyable. It's it's a little more than two hours and it just it sped along. There was one point, you yeah, know, where, I, mean, where I paused really it. Felt like I was watching it for 30, 45 minutes. It just. Yeah. Flies. Yeah. At one point where I paused yeah. it and I was like. I was like, wait, where am I? I'm wondering where I am. And I was like an hour and 15 minutes in. I'm like, I feel like I just sat down. Please don't end. I, you know, I almost wanted to experience more and more of this. Such a great film. Right. And then I think the the one thing that I, I think Sorkin has really um, done well for himself here in that, you know, when Molly's Game came out a couple of years ago, it, you know, it was just okay. It was very, it was received very lukewarmly. And I think a lot of people argued that, it, it showed that Sorkin is a great writer, but it's good when another director steps in and sort of, you know, elevates the material or puts a spin on it that's theirs, kind of like Fincher did with The Social Network. So I think what Sorkin has done here is prove that he can also be adept at directing. No, he's not Fincher. This is very, you know, I don't think it's going to – that might be where we disagree a little bit. Like, I, I – I don't think you're missing anything watching this on Netflix as opposed. This is not a big screen kind of film. There's no, no, a lot I agree of with you. guys sitting in rooms and talking. And but he he does it in a way that guys sitting in a room and talking for two hours isn't boring. He makes it fly by. So I think he might be opening up a new, you know, a, a new venue of of storytelling for himself. So so I'm excited to see what happens next. Yeah, and, and and just to be clear, I I don't really think that Sorkin's going to be in the best director conversation. Look, it's early, yeah, and, and we haven't seen you know the best films yet this year. Um, but I, my my sense is that this is more, uh, you know, like you say, I, I think Netflix is a perfectly fine place to see this film. I'm not going to tell anyone to go into a theater at these times. Especially I myself, these days. Have, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I haven't been in a theater in in many many months and have no plans to go anytime soon. So, uh, and and there will be films I'm sure that we will see where I will lament the fact that I couldn't see it, uh, you know, on a darkened, you know, 40 foot screen. Um, but this is not one of those films. And, and I don't think this is, a, you know, again, a film that's going to be in the best director conversation, but but best screenplay, a, a number of uh, of actors are going to be involved and, and best picture overall, I think, um, is certainly something that uh, this will be in the running. I think so. Yeah, I think a lot of a lot of people these days are looking, you know, we've become very ironic as a culture, we've become very cynical as a culture. Some would say that, you know, as, as we should, that it's very justified. But this, yeah, I, I think we need a movie like this, which is just a good old-fashioned Frank Capra, Steven Spielberg, speechifying movie about the, the greater good. Like, I, I think that, that 
it's it's a refreshing change of tone than than what we're used to seeing these days and i really liked that about it yeah and so that is a great place to leave it there so uh josh sewell and jason evans we both we both really agree you need to you don't need to go out. You just need to stay home <laughs> and, and watch, watch, watch Netflix, watch the trial of the Chicago seven, a, a fabulous, wonderful film that, uh, that really, uh, you know, is, is perfect for our times and, and important, uh, and also really enjoyable, uh, how rare it is. Yeah, that yeah, you get it, hits a, it hits Netflix in mid October. So we're still a couple of weeks out, but definitely, you know, set a reminder on your phone or something for when it hits. Cause it's one you're definitely going to want to see. Exactly. So for Josh Sewell, I'm Jason Evans. We hope you are uh, staying safe in these times and enjoy the movies wherever you happen to see them. When we walked in here this morning, they were chanting that the whole world is watching. If we leave here without saying anything about why we came in the first place, it'll be heartbreaking. The last summer, why did you come to the convention? To end the war. We're giving them exactly what they want, a stage and an audience. Yeah, you really think there's going to be a big audience? Here I am! This is what revolution looks like, real revolution. We may have to hurt somebody's feelings. Is this prosecution politically motivated? I'm tired of hearing you. It would be impossible for me to care any less what you are tired of. Here I am! No world's watching! There will be more! No world's watching! We have to find some courage now. No world's watching! No world's watching! How much is it worth to you? What's your price? To call off the revolution? My life.